0: Welcome to the Continuing Education Podcast for CASA Volunteers, connecting you with experts who can advance your advocacy for children and families. I'm your host, Maggie Halpin, and this is CASA on the Go. Welcome back to CASA on the Go. It is such a gift to be joined today by two inspirational leaders in the movement to empower youth here in Texas and to ensure that the voices of young people are truly heard and honored, um, something that we at CASA are deeply passionate about. So my wonderful guests are joining me from Texas Network of Youth Services. Um, A huge, huge welcome to Prince Hayward, who is a policy specialist, and to Josue Rodriguez, who is the engagement manager. So thank y'all both so much for joining me in this conversation about how CASA advocates can work to lift up the voices of the young people that we advocate, um, for and with. And with that, I want to invite y'all to just briefly introduce yourselves and, and share a little bit about who you are and your roles and your backgrounds.
1: Uh, yeah. So, uh, my name is Prince Hayward. Uh, like you said, I'm a policy specialist with T-Noise and, um, you know, I, I've, I'm just, a uh, like like they say in my bio, uh, I'm a champion for change for all generations to come, um, and I think that that's just a quick synopsis of,
2: of of who I am and what I bring to the table.
0: Thanks so much, Prince.
2: Thank you for having us. Uh, I'm Josue. I'm the engagement manager, so I oversee um, our youth and young adult engagement strategies. Um, I actually got started in a lot of immigration work because uh, I, I am a DACA recipient. So I know firsthand what it means to not have a voice and um, especially when it comes to um, being involved in systems um, as a former homeless youth myself. So I'm really excited to speak to to you and, and your network.
0: Awesome, y'all. Thank you again so much for just being willing to share your, um, your expertise with us. And um, so y'all know CASAs are volunteers from the community who are Appointed by family court judges during the CPS process um, to advocate for a child or youth's best interest, and best interest is really a multi-layered matter made up of um, a couple different specific factors. But understanding the desires of the young person, um, as well as we're able to considering that child or youth, you know, age and development, um, understanding their desires is a huge component of best interest advocacy. So. I'm thrilled that we have this opportunity to to learn just a bit from y'all today about how we can work to foster youth engagement in our advocacy and really ensure that um, the young folks that we get to work with um, feel heard and feel valued. Um, So before we dive into talking about some best practices around youth engagement, could you tell our listeners a little bit about what Texas Network of Youth Services does?
1: Yeah, no question. Um... So, T-Noise is a, uh, statewide network of youth servants, so, servant organizations, right? We're about 40, 41 years old now, which is 2021. Um, and T-Noise works across Texas to strengthen services and support youth and families to help them overcome challenges and achieve healthy development, right? Uh, we work in partnerships with, uh, a diverse, a diverse network. Right now, we have about 70 organizational members and 40 individual members. Um these members are doing work across seven different systems that impact youth. Uh, these systems include, you know, housing, homelessness services, child welfare, justice, and survivor services. Um we have a three-pronged uh strategy based off policy, practice, and partnerships um, and it guides our work, right? So for me, right, as I'm a policy specialist, um, our policy team, right, we advocate on behalf of youth families and youth serving providers. Our practice team actually equips professionals with skills and resources that they need to meet complex needs of youth and families. And finally, our partnership team provides partnerships with youth and young adults with lived experience so we can, you know, make sure that these guys have better opportunities for leadership and entering and really centering their voice and the voices of others that they advocate for or can advocate for as well.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Thank you so much for that just introduction to everything y'all are doing. And um, I feel so lucky to, to be connected to y'all with all that powerful work that's um, unfolding in Texas. So could y'all talk a little bit about why youth engagement is so important? Um, what do we lose when young people aren't effectively engaged in the decisions that impact their lives?
2: Definitely. So here at t one of our pillars, if you will, is youth-adult partnership. And youth-adult partnership is the idea that youth and young adults are not only involved in our work, but they're constantly a partner in that journey. And they're an equal partner for that matter. So that means that whatever work that we're doing, we're not only getting their input in, into that work, but they're also helping us deliver that input. And we know that this is important because um, a lot of decision-making that happens rarely um, includes youth voice. Um, And when it does, it could be you you run the risk of tokenization or manipulation of youth voices. So Youth adult Partnership allows us to be able to incorporate the the young people into the the, uh, decision-making power while also having them uh, grow as individuals by being part of the work here at Tino's, we've actually had uh, quite a few opportunities for us to showcase uh, youth adult partnership, um, and that was um, in this past legislative session. Uh, of course, it was most half of it was virtual, but we were still able to engage legislators uh, with young people by our sides. So it it was quite literally a Zoom call in which we had legislative staff, we had a youth serving providers, and we had a youth with us. And the cool thing with Tinos is that our Young Adult Leadership Council, which is a, a youth program that I oversee... Um, uh, not only is teaching the youth, you know, what is the legislature, what is legislative advocacy, but we're also equipping them with the tools for them to conduct their own legislative advocacy and even set up meetings. So this past legislative session, it was literally them working with us to set up those uh those legislative legislative visits um in Zoom and then also be able to advocate for themselves and advocate for the policy agenda that uh, the policy team and the rest of t put together alongside the youth that we work with. So it's a, as I mentioned, it's a pillar and regardless of whether or not you are practicing youth adult partnership to its fullest extent, youth should always be in the room and they should always have a seat uh, on the table where decisions are being made about their future.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's so well put. Thank you. And I uh, just really appreciate Um, I'm like in awe of what you're telling me about these young folks, um, their courage and um, ability to self-advocate, especially in intimidating, um, you know, uh, situations like with the legislature, um, which can be tough even, you know, for adults to do. So that's really inspirational to hear about. Um, And just that word partnership, it's really got me thinking like, You know, how can we, as CASA advocates, really um, move towards seeing the young people that we are working with as partners in the advocacy that we're doing on their behalf? So um, young people and their families have so much expertise about what they need in order to thrive. We know that. And one of the ways that CASA advocates can support the youth that we work alongside is to ensure that their voices are being heard and that they have opportunities for input. Like you said, Josue, Um, not only, you know, in in all the venues where we're advocating for them. So um, I think, you know, obviously we mentioned this earlier, this will vary depending on that um, child or youth's like age and their development. Um, But what have y'all found really works when it comes to engaging with youth? What are some ways that CASA advocates can lift up youth voices?
1: yeah so um, one thing I just really wanna just flag off the rip right is is just educating yourself on trauma and trauma responses, right I mean, and the reason why I say this first is because um you we can't we can't really be a help, you know, and I say we because we're all in this together, right we're a community, you know um so we we can't really be a help to to the youth that that we are that we are you know working with until we truly understand what they're going through, right? And once we understand what they're going through, then we can take the proper steps, right, to fully understand not only them as a being, right, but their needs so that, you know, they can be the best person that they can truly be um, in the future. So first thing first is educating yourself on trauma and trauma responses. You know, um second is, you know, as far as just building relationships, you know, how, how, how do you ask yourself, how do you really just build relationships? You know, you build relationships definitely with young people by just letting them be themselves. You know, however that looks like in that moment, you know, um, some youth really don't, don't know how to express themselves. You know, they may express themselves, um, cussing, you know, or, or, or whatever way, uh, that they feel comfortable. I, I think, I think the best way is just to have that openness and having that, Allowing them to be free and allowing them to be truly themselves in that space, and, and and when once you do that, that youth will see you as a partner. You know, they won't see you as an adversary. Um, they will truly see you as a partner because you are allowing them a space to be themselves. You know, and you're not judging them. That's another thing I want to bring up because as you're as you're allowing them to um, you know express themselves however they see fit. You know, you're you're in a non judgment mode, right? You're not judging them for, for what you're seeing in that moment because you know that again it's trauma based, it's trauma influenced, you know. Um, so really having that knowledge, um, not judging them, having them speak uh their piece, all of these things, you know, builds into having a positive relationship, uh, for you. And and with that, their voice will uh grow in itself, right, when when you begin to give them that space to actually have that voice to grow. Um, I feel like a lot of us, you know, and when we're in this community, we don't truly give the youth that space to, um, you know, be free, to even let a voice grow. You know, you have to, you have to be free and be open for for a voice to grow in that space. Um, So really creating that space so a voice can grow.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much, Prince. That's really helpful. Um, Uh, naming the importance of working to understand trauma and also just how it all comes back to building relationships. Um, And so you've kind of already spoken to this, but I want to just stick with this topic of how we do build those relationships a little bit longer because I think it is so important. Um, Do y'all have other advice for CASA advocates about how to establish open communication with the folks that we work with so that they might feel comfortable sharing their concerns and priorities, especially because with casas, it's someone that the young person hasn't known before. You know, um, we're we're building this relationship from with that young person from the beginning. So, um, and I think if we hope that young people will trust us enough to open up to us about their hopes and their concerns, maybe their fears, their needs, what their perspectives are we need to be building relationships with young people based on trust and respect.
1: For sure. For sure. Um, I, like, I think one, 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 one more suggestion I would just have is, is creating a, I guess you would say a sense of re, re, relatability. Um, I think is the word I'm trying to get to, you know, creating a sense of relatability. Right. So, um, Almost, I don't want to say stooping down to that youth level, right? I don't want to say that, but really having the, having the youth understand that, you know, you know, the CASA worker is, is a human being as well. You know, that, that the CASA worker has been through their own trials and tribulations, you know, and kind of expressing those trials and tribulations to the youth will, will allow the youth to open up and be like, you know what, I, maybe I can talk to this person about my trials and tribulations because they too have been through trials and tribulations. You know, or if not them being through trials, and they they have just, they they've seen somebody or, or know somebody who has been through trials and tribulations. You know, Um, really, uh, and and helping the youth understand why the CASA worker is a CASA worker, I think that's the biggest thing as well. Like having them understand, like, hey, why why you even get into this? I, I got into this because I care. You know, I, I I'm a volunteer. I don't even get paid for this. I truly care about your well being you know um and and having that those things be you known um also with all that just setting up boundaries as well, you know, so as we talk about having this openness and things of this nature, also creating setting creating boundaries, you know um and and really seeing what open communication looks like, right um I think that all those things combined will build trust and and ultimately trust you know grows into positive relationships.
0: Amen. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Um, that's really good guidance for us. Um, what do you, what do y'all think gets in the way of adults engaging with youth in meaningful ways? Um, and do you have any thoughts on how causes can work to avoid falling into those pitfalls?
2: Yeah, I think a major one that Prince referenced was that trauma training, um, Working with youth and young adults uh, with lived experiences in a different system, especially within the child welfare system, I mean, there's more likely than not, uh, there's going to be a lot of trauma there. And not understanding trauma and complex trauma can be a a pitfall and a dangerous pitfall for that matter. Um, So just making sure that your team is knowledgeable of how trauma works, how it presents itself, how does trauma play in when you're communicating with the youth um is very, very important. Uh, because if you don't have a shared understanding of what trauma is, you could be re-traumatizing youth. So it could be counterintuitive. Um, your your actions could be counterintuitive in actually harming the youth and young adult if you're not um aware of how trauma presents itself. Um and how Prince mentioned too having those boundaries, um, we think, you know. Here at Tino's, we're not a service provider, but we have run into situations where a youth or young adult may need services right there and then, and we don't provide services. But just because we don't provide services doesn't mean that we're not going to do everything in our power to connect that youth with someone that can provide those services. So making sure that internally you all have that network of resources to still help that youth while also setting up boundaries that they understand that you're not a service provider, but you're still um, more than willing to be able to uh, connect that youth to the needs that they may that they they may be seeking. Uh, but just it, it is a slippery slope uh, here, at Tino's, We we know that uh, from experience that it is a slippery slope. Setting setting up those boundaries, but also working in a gray area. Um, but that is a pitfall that a lot of people, a lot of service providers have experienced first, firsthand.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's that's really important. Pointing out again that commitment to understanding trauma, and for our listeners, we we like please reach out to your supervisor if you want to get more training on trauma and feel like that's um, an area where you want to grow in your advocacy because it is so important. We have resources on that on on our learning center, um, and then that commitment like you were saying, hostway to making sure that youth are connected to the resources and supports that they need. We can't provide all of those, like you're saying, but we can come, we can have a commitment to ensuring that, that they do get connected to, um, the supports that they need and deserve. So thank you. Um, from y'all's work and y'all's experience, um, is there a story that stands out that you, um, would share about you know that's kind of a positive example about how adults can create opportunities for youth to be heard.
2: Yeah, the so as I mentioned here at Tinos, we we do approach youth engagement from a youth adult partnership standpoint. So a good example for us was our annual conference uh, that happened back in June, and uh, it was really the first time that we had um, our new revised. Uh, Yalk, they're in attendance, but also co-presenting with people. Uh, so they themselves um, put together a presentation. They spend about three or four months putting together their own presentation, um, really leaning into their lived experiences, but also leaning into the, the subject matter expertise that we have been providing uh, to them for the past couple of months and be able to deliver that in front of other youth serving providers. And one of our youth actually got to co-present co- with um, external stakeholders as well, not not as a form of a token, a youth voice, but rather a more of an informative subject matter expertise, and that's sort of you know where youth adult partnership comes in, where we're really trying to establish this environment in which youth are treated as as equals and are given the opportunity to not only talk about their lived experiences, but also get um, an opportunity to talk about their subject matter expertise since they have been part of the systems that we're discussing.
1: Yeah. And uh, just to piggyback off of what what Josue said, right? Uh, I know just from personal experience, right, being that um, an advocate for, I think, for about four years now. And, and, and the thing that, that's so great about t is right, is the fact that, you know, it, it doesn't just stop at, oh, kid, come, come in and tell your story. It's, it's never just come in and come tell your story, right? I know for, for, for me, right, I've, I've been blessed to not only lead training right, on, on preventing runaways, and I'm actually, Working on a training right now is called Building Alliances to Prevent CWAP, which is the uh, Children Without Placement Crisis, uh, DFPS, right? And these, these are, these are trainings that I, I literally lead, like, myself and I have another YALC member come in and, you know, we, we lead these trainings to better help, uh, providers, service providers on, you know, how to keep youth from, from, how to, how to keep youth in, in, in placement, one, and how to, how to, Make them feel valuable where they are, right? Um I think this is a big thing that, that people seem to miss is like the value in the youth wherever they are, right? Um, another thing that T-Noise is just great at is, is using, using, like allowing youth to go to the Capitol, right? Thing that I've, I've also been blessed with is going to the capital, not only myself, but a Yacht member as well. Shout out Brenda. Um, yes, they, say, they say name dropping when they do something good. So, uh, so shout out, Brenda. You know, myself and Brenda, we were able to, and a lot of others as well, were able to go up to the Capitol and actually, we can actually say that, you know, uh, not only did we, did we, you know, influence a bill, but there's actually a bill that, that, that has passed, not a bill, but bills, plural, that has passed, um, because of, of our experiences, because, you know, legislators sat down and listened to what we had to say, you know, um, and we can literally say that, hey, we influenced, this bill to be passed, you know, um, things that I don't believe any other organization in Texas can honestly say that they do. Um, and, and we definitely stand to, to, uh, those principles.
0: Wow. Y'all, uh, thank you. And I, I wish that I could just spend literally the rest of the day, um, learning from so much of the experiences and wisdom that y'all have brought to this conversation. Um, I, as we start to wrap up, are there other thoughts or, or words of wisdom, uh, that you wanna, um, add to the conversation, um, around engaging youth?
1: I mean, the, the phrase that comes to my mind quickly is expect the unexpected. You know, you gotta expect the unexpected when we're dealing with, you know, youth that, that are dealing with various traumas, you know, um, and, and it, the unexpected doesn't always have to be bad. So keep
2: that in
0: mind as well. Thank you
2: yeah, and, and I would just say the services that we provide are important, but the people that the serv- the services are meant to help are equally important, so just to advocate for us to put the person first before the services so that we can provide more individualized and holistic services by understanding the person first and foremost.
0: Awesome, great point. Cool. Well, y'all, um, thank you so much. I know we're we're only just barely scratching the surface of um, everything that's so important for us as CASAs to be thinking about and learning about how we can best uh, partner with the young people that we have the privilege of advocating alongside. Um, and so I just want to encourage our listeners um, to, to keep the learning going and um, you know, Texas Network of Youth Services provides a wonderful variety of training and technical assistance opportunities for advocates and those um, working with youth, um, including conferences, webinars, you know, all kinds of virtual training. So definitely encourage listeners to go to uh, T-N-O-Y-S dot org and check out the upcoming events page or browse their library of learning resources. Um, and there's even an, op- an option to become an individual member of T-Noise with access to even more resources um, to support uh, CASAs in our advocacy. So I'll link to that info in the, in the description of this episode. And um, with that, I just want to again say what a gift it was to get to chat with y'all. And um, thank you so much for being part of this conversation.
1: Thank you. Thank you guys for having us. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to CASA on the go. Join us next time for more dynamic continuing education brought to you by Texas CASA.